Good morning, everybody. How's everybody today? All right, that's 20 of us. We're good. Come on, if you're not good, make a, make a, a statement that you're going to get good. And that's not correct English. My wife's not in here, though, so she won't throw nothing at me. But uh, God is good, and we are finishing 21 days of prayer. We, uh, I, and we're going to talk about uh, hearing the voice of God. Prayer is not one-way communication. It's two-way. And I made mention of that when we started this, but we're going to really go in and dive in a little bit that you need to be hearing from God. It's, it's a right. And so if you need it, sermon notes, wave at me. Where you go, there's some in the front and the back. And always we do that, I always feel like an auctioneer. How about 75, 50, 100 million, huh? Glory. So, so hearing God's voice is what we're talking about today, and we need to hear the voice of God. We need to expect to hear the voice of God. And so in John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep. Now listen to this scripture right here. And you are his sheep if you're a child of God. He said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Not he follows us. We follow him. We know his voice. And so if you're born again, you're born again to hear God's voice. As a matter of fact, you heard God's voice or you would not be born again. Amen. Amen. It was the Spirit of God who speaks to us, and it was the Spirit of God that said, you need to walk the aisle, you need to raise your hand, you need to pray the prayer. You, when you prayed in the truck, when you prayed at the office, or when you prayed wherever you were at, it was the Spirit of God that drew you. You may have saw something in somebody, and I need that. You saw salvation, but it was the Spirit of God said, that's what you need. So the Holy Spirit is always speaking to us, and you cannot get saved without the Holy Spirit. It's not a mental thing. Well, it's just, you know, we're going to get into the uh, logos of the Word for a minute, but the logos is logic. There's logic in the Word. Everybody who's successful in life are using God's principles. Everybody who, who runs business, uh, they're using principles that come from the Bible. Our government is set up on the principles from the Bible, even though they're trying to get away from it. But our judicial system, you need two witnesses. If me and him go to court, it's pretty much not in fact. But if she's, I got five witnesses and it's just him, I'm going to win. That's what the Bible says. And the Bible says that the Word of God is a witness to itself. You know, Judas hanged himself, but you find no scripture in there where you're supposed to do that. Huh? You know, you heard about the guy, he just, he said, oh, I'm just going to hear from God today. And he opened up his Bible and he went, and Judas hanged himself. He goes, wait a minute, that, that ain't God, that ain't right. And then so he did it again. And go out and do likewise. He goes, wait a minute. So he quit doing that. You study the, the word on purpose. You, you dig out in the, in the Word of God on purpose. I mean, if I gave you a new car and had satellite radio, you're going to figure out how to operate that thing and change the channel and do all that. Why don't we do that with the Word of God? Why don't we know it? I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But anyway, walking with God is it, supposed to be intimate. And, and I've used this, this definition before, but intimacy is in to me see. God wants to see in you, and you need to see into him. 
Matter of fact, the Bible says that we, when we look into Jesus, we look into a mirror. Am I lining up whew, with that perfection? And you know what religion will do? You're not good enough. No, 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 no. We go, I need to change. My life would be better if I changed. I'd be a better person if I was like Jesus. And so intimacy, he wants to draw things out of you that maybe you're not seeing, but it's time to start seeing them. And you want to see the things that God has. You can see things in the Jesus that he wants to bless you with or empower you with. Are you with me? Give me an amen if you are. Because we got to get intimate with God. And that's what prayer is about. And the Bible says pray without ceasing. We went through all the scriptures. Well, how do you do that? Keep your mind on Jesus. You can, you can wash the dishes and sing a hymn. Can anybody can wash dishes and sing a hymn, huh? You know, my daughter used to do homework. She's about 14. She'd sit on the floor, had her homework, TV's on, radio's on. She's doing homework and training a turtle all at the same time. You can do more than one thing. You think, well, I need to pray. You don't have to get on your knees and pray. It's good to, but you can pray driving down the road. You know, cut off that radio and pray. Cut off that radio and ask to hear God. Speak to me, Lord. I need some direction. I need some understanding. So number one, look on the screen up here. Number one, we were created to hear God's voice. We're created to hear God's voice. You were born again to hear God's voice. Matter of fact, if, if, you, you know, if you've ever seen the little tracks and stuff, if there's a, a hole inside you, there's a place just for God. You, people try to fill it with money. People try to fill it with idols. People try to fill it with entertainment. People try to fill it with food. But the only thing that satisfies in this world is Jesus. Everything else is, 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 is fake. It's, it's flattery and it goes away. But the only thing that will establish you and keep you and, and, and get you to heaven and get you to heaven with a crown is being filled with God. And we need to be filled with God. The most important thing in this life. You know, oh, I got a new gun. I got a new truck. I got this. I got that. that, that, that you can't take that with you. There's nothing wrong with that, but people put things ahead of God. And we have got to keep Jesus in his place. Amen. So we can all hear God's voice or you wouldn't be saved. Here's the problem. The challenge is not hearing God's voice. It's our willingness to hear God's voice in the midst of all the things that are speaking to us. Think about all the things that draw us and try to put negativity and fear and worry into us. Like the news. Oh, did you see on the news? Oh, oh, you know, people get all that. Come on, just go, wait, 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 wait. I like the good news right here. We have got to maintain the good news. We need to know what's going on, yeah. But you, didn't, you know they play the same thing over 24 hours a day. I walk in, well, that was on a while ago. What, what? Because they don't have anything else to say but bad news. Be like a billy goat, bad news. Y'all, you have got to quit listening to bad news and get into the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we have got, it's our willingness to hear the voices in the earth, opinions, ideologies. Well, I think this scripture means this. I think this. And people conform a scripture to fit them instead of count the counsel of the whole counsel of the word. And so we've got, we've got to maintain our focus on Jesus and the distractions that call our name. 
Man, there's distractions out there. We, we're in America. We are Americans. I'm proud to be an American, but we are full of entertainment. We entertain, we've got TV, radio, we got, you know, whatever it is, we're all about entertainment. And again, there's nothing about entertainment until it comes before God. We have got to focus and, and enter in to God's presence. How about busyness? I'm just so busy. I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this, I got to do that. Do you know Jesus was busy? But he never lost his focus. We have to maintain our focus on God, his word, his son, the Holy Spirit. We've got to maintain our focus because you know what? We can get busy, but Jesus was busy too. But we have to maintain our focus and not let business, busyness uh, interrupt us. We have to maintain our peace. I, I want to say once you start walking with God, there's some supernatural things happen. They may not be overwhelming. You're not going to walk on water. But you, you can have some things that are just supernatural for you. And when God does those things for you, he's locking you in that you have in that relationship now. Hey, man, I can go to God. I can hear his voice. And, and, and there's nothing wrong going to the pastor or somebody you know. I get in agreement with other people all the time for, for my needs. But there is something about when I can just go to God and talk to him and expect him to lead me now. Expect him to guide me. And it ought to be, it ought to be natural. It ought not be, you know, the Lord's on me. Oh, I got to. It's not going to happen that way. No, you're going to be living your life, and you, it's just going to be a natural focus of life. And you, man, I just feel like I need to go this way. And it's the Spirit of God guiding you, and it's not the dust saith the Lord. You know, that'd be awesome. But the just shall live by faith. And you just got to be led by that inward witness. You got to be led by the, uh, how God wants to speak to us. Let's go to Romans 8 and 5. And, and let me show you something real quick. 8, 5 through 8. It says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Hey, where's the party? Who's bringing the beer? The, the things of the flesh, okay? Oh, you go down there. We, hey, man, we can sell that stuff and make some money. Things of the flesh. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity, or it's an enemy against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. You have to renew your mind. We'll get to that. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. The Bible says Jesus pleased the Father. Well, he is perfect. He's Jesus. But you can please God. By following after him, chasing after him, seeking him, understanding his word, walking with him, walking in love pleases God. Simple things. You know, well, I'm not a missionary, and you think those missionaries please God because they do, they do, but you know what? You can please God every day just by getting in the word, just by talking to him, just by fellowshipping with him. And, and today I want to emphasize that it's time to hear God's voice. It's time to get intimate with God. Um, can we just say, Lord, I'm willing? Let's get willing. That's all we got to do is get willing. I'm willing. But a lot of people are like, I don't believe that. I'm not going to hear that. God doesn't do that. No. So who are you, who you acting like when you do that? You're acting like Pharaoh. And, and let my people go. No. Okay, let me show you something. 
So I'm going to ask God to reveal some things to you to where you like, that's God. I mean, turning the river into blood, Pharaoh still said no. Frogs came, all the plagues came, and he still said no. Don't be hard-hearted. Don't be stiff-necked. Don't be that way. Just, just say, God, I'm willing to hear. I want you to reveal yourself to me. When have you ever spoken to me? I, I want to tell a quick story. There was a man, his, his name's R.G. Letourneau, and he's going to be with Jesus, but he uh, went to World War I. He was in the Navy, uh, and, and he quit school in the sixth grade, so no excuses. My grandpa jumped out the window in the fifth grade and went to work, and he was a whiz at math and all that, but R.G. Letourneau got into contracting. He cleared land, and he thought it was the most awesome thing he'd ever done. He got a job, and he's clearing land. He, he Actually, after the war, he, he got into an automobile business, and his partner got to drinking, and he was $5,000 in debt, and this is 1920s. That's a lot of money. And so he went to work, he cleared some land, he promised the people he'd pay his debt off, but he got out of the car business. And so he started clearing land, and he began making equipment to help him clear the land. And he got into road building. And he always bid, and he always built equipment, and uh, he got $100,000 in debt. A job went south on him. And he got $100,000 in debt in 1929, 1920s. That's a lots of money. And so the people who were backing him said, you know what, this next job, we're coming down and we're going to make sure you're working and you're going to work on Sundays. He said, no, God's my partner. I can't work on Sundays. And so he began inventing equipment. He had over 300 patents that God, his partner, was giving him. Bulldozers. Everything you see in the coal field. You ever been in a coal mine and you see that, bull, that uh, dump truck that has a tire yeah, I'm talking this tall. He invented that. So, in 1931, his lawyer kind of whispered, man, you're better at inventing stuff than you are as a contractor. And he goes, okay. And so, he started inventing and making large equipment. And I, I'm getting the dates probably mixed up. I won't say 1931, he made $300,000 that year. And two years later, he made $600,000 that year. Uh, next year, he made over a million dollars profit. And his wife said, look, God has blessed us. Because God, he talked about God being his partner. God gave him all this. And I'm going to get, he said, she said, you know what? Let's give away 90% and live on 10%. And he gave away 90%. And, and let me read this. He started a, a university, and it's in Longview, Texas. Why I know a little bit about them. They were one of my customers. And I used to go in there, and when at break time, whistle blew for all the welders. And I mean, it's a, just a row, and there's welders on both sides. And the whistle blew at 10 o'clock, and they all sit down and drink their coffee, and they have their Bibles out. Like, what is that? My technician who was not saved, like, I said, this is something. But listen to what, this is what they said. This is one of their... Uh, Mission statements, claiming every workplace in every nation as their mission field. Laterno University graduates are professionals of ingenuity and Christ-like character who see life's work as a holy calling with eternal purpose. 
don't care if you're flipping burgers, making pizza. It's an eternal purpose to it. If you're, if you're building Volvo, if you're working at the uh, ice cream, Dairy Queen, you got to think, we do everything as unto the Lord. Now, here, I was told all that to get to this. In World War II, we lost a lot of our ships at Pearl Harbor. You remember that? December the 6th? Yeah. And they found out that they could weld a ship because it's a whole lot easier to weld straight up than upside down. And they could weld, they get all their welders, they could weld the hull of a ship in one day. But when they flipped it, it cracked it. And they go, we got to figure out how to flip these things. And they called R.G. LeCarnot, a man of God. And they said, you deal with big stuff. We've got these ships and we're flipping them and then they crack. Can you help us figure out how to flip these hulls? He goes, I'm going to have to talk to my partner. Give me a week. And he fasted and he prayed. Now, fasting and fasting has nothing to do with God. It has to do with you. That you're trying to get in a place where you can hear God's voice in a greater way. And you're specifically asking for God to do something. You know, if you're going to go on a mission trip, it's just good to fast a little bit. Because you don't know what you're going to face. And so he took a week of prayer and fasting. Matter of fact, he was a man of prayer because he went into business. He felt the call to help the ministry, to be in ministry, even though he did not, not, he did not like public speaking. And him and his pastor prayed and fasted for three days. And his pastor said, you're supposed to be a businessman. God's called businessmen. So he prayed for that week, and God showed him how to flip the hulls of those ships without cracking them. That's pretty amazing. That's what God wants to do with you. But he learned to tap in to hearing God's voice and being led by the Spirit as a good Methodist boy. Come on. And so we have got to learn it. God wants to speak to everybody that's a child of God. And it's time to press in. What do I need to do, Lord? What, what can I do? He was a man of prayer. So number two, we can hear his voice through. Put number two up there for us. We can hear his voice through. And, then, and there, there we go. His word. First one is A, his word. So, Waitari well, talked a little bit about the logos and the rhema. There's a logos and rhema of the word. You can read this just like you can a good book. And there's some great stories in the Bible. But, you know, when Moses built the ark, okay, one got it. Y'all didn't get that. It's Noah. I'm just testing. See, is it over? Y'all sleeping on me. But when David killed Goliath, he killed him with a stone, right? How many stones did he pick up? Five. That's a good story. And what did he throw? Did he throw it with his hand? No, he had a sling. You know the story, but you know what? It's when you really listen to the Holy Spirit, you're going to find out David said some things, and he released his faith in God. My God will deliver you into my hands. My God is going to help me. My God's going to anoint me. He'd already experienced the presence of God. He killed a lion and a bear. You can't do that. Those things are powerful. A lion will run you off. I heard tales of they had a bear that went around. They put up a boxing ring, and if you could pin that bear, they'd give you $100. And the biggest guys in the place wanted it, and the bear, the more they hit him, punched him, kicked him, the better he liked it. And he would just do this, and they'd go across the ring or slam him on the ground, and he'd go sit on them. He was trained. You cannot manhandle a bear or a lion or, or you know, they'll, they'll run off with you. 
And so David had already experienced the presence of God in as a, as a young boy keeping his father's sheep. He worshiped God and honored God, and the presence of God came on him. I'm asking you, are you ready to tap into that? Where God will give you supernatural wisdom, where God will speak to you as you praying and asking God, you need to fix something at the house, and you don't know how to do it. God knows. It's that simple that God wants to teach us things and show us things. So, so the logos is the logic of the word. It's a great story, and it tells you how you're supposed to live. But when you mix the spirit with it, it gets specific to how you're supposed to live today with that. Because people say, well, this, this word is old and it's antiquated. Uh, yeah, we got cars and uh, we can get to sin a whole lot quicker than they could because we got the internet. But the thing about it is the Spirit of God is still backing the Word of God and the Spirit of God is on His Word. And His Spirit. And so what I'm, my point I'm making here is you can read the Word and God will speak to you. It will come off the page and you're like, Man, I've read that a thousand times, but I've never seen it like that. That's the Holy Spirit trying to teach you something from the Word. And just reading the Word, I'll tell you a quick story. I was reading in Genesis, and, and you get into it, and Cain and Abel, and, and all that. And, but then it said Cain went to the land of Nod and found a wife. Now, I don't know exactly. I still don't know exactly what that means, but I, I can explain that for another day. But. The next day, I had just read that, but you know, being led by God, just a, I'm almost 19 years old and just read that. And the next day, a guy said, I tell you, I never get saved. I'm never going to get saved because nobody can tell me where Cain got his wife. I said, oh yeah, I can. And, and I said, he went to the land of Nod and got his wife. He went, uh, 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 yeah. I answered his question, but he still didn't want to get saved. You see, God will answer your questions even for people who do not want to receive it or hear it. But God's always speaking to us. So, so we got to understand that this word, this is God's word. It's the most powerful thing in the universe. And it translates into power for us to live today. And so as we get into the word, when we're looking for God to speak to us, we're not just, you know, man, I was a good little Baptist boy. And they said, you got to read Psalms 90, you know, Psalms 90. I mean, I would read my scripture and I would read it so fast. But I wanted a clear conscience that I read it. And so, Lord, thou hast been the dwelling place in all generations before the mountains. You you know, and I read it just like that, like I was speaking in tongues. And so I had a good conscience to get my star on the chart. And, you know, I invited five people to church. Hey, you want to go to church with me? You want to go to church with me, son? You want to go to church with me? You want to go to church with me? You want to go to church with me? Got my five. It's not works. It's not works. It's relationship. And we can have communication with the Lord God Almighty, the God who created the universe. Matter of fact, the same spirit that raised from Christ from the dead dwells in us, but the same spirit that hovered on the waters and God said, let there be light. He's living on the inside of you. Wow. That creative ability to make an atmosphere, to make the land, to put the stars in the sky, the sun and the moon, he's living on the inside of us. Well, no, see, you're blocking it. That doubt and unbelief, doom, despair, and agony on me, you can't see him. Though he dwells in you, you still don't want to recognize him. Turn him loose. Help me, Lord. Strengthen me. I want to follow you. Guide me. Lead me. 
So, so let's, let's move forward. The Holy Spirit leads in Romans 8, 14. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I, I looked in my notes or something that I, so here's the thing. Just reading the Bible helps you from being misled. A lot of people think they hear God, but the enemy will come and mislead you. The, the regular logos of the word, thou should not commit adultery. Boom, ain't nothing else to be, ain't no, you know, uh, I think I'm going to get me a new wife just because. That's, no. There's no logic in that. There's no logos in that. That goes against the word of God. Much less being led by the spirit of God, being led by your carnal mind. Okay, just throwing that out there because it happens. And so, but with that still small voice, uh, that we did. That's the next one. The Holy Spirit leads us. Let me say this. There was a pastor years ago, and I want to say, I don't even know how long ago it was, and he's going to get milk. Matter of fact, I met Brother Hagin one time in the grocery store getting milk, but he was going to get milk, and if you think about it in your mind, if you drive out your driveway, do you go left or right to get milk? Everybody say left or right. Why don't you say, say whatever. Do you what? Let, somebody said left, somebody said right. Okay. He's driving out, and he's going to go left to get milk. But he just felt this, I need to go right. He goes, okay, Lord, if that's you, and you know what? Don't be so busy. He's like, oh, I, can't, I ain't got time. Turn, he turned right. So he's driving, and he's going out in the country, and it's not the country now. And he's driving out in the country, and there's a house for sale. And God said, I want you to buy that land. I want you to buy that house. It was a house, a little bitty house and a hundred acres. And he's like, Lord, I, I don't have the money. He said, I didn't ask you if you had the money. I said, I want you to buy that. And the Lord made a way. So, so if he hadn't turned right, he bought the hundred acres in that house. They lived there. He started his church there. Now they have a 7,000 seat auditorium on that hundred acres. And half of it is on the interstate. So it's worth millions. All because he was led. I'll tell you another one. So in Louisiana and East Texas, gas wells are going in left and right. And uh, people who had nothing, they got five cows and bitter weeds and, and, you know, just weeds in their pasture. They had 100 acres. They started getting $500 an acre every month, $1,000 an acre every month. I made it easy because 100 acres times 1,000. You're, you're a CPA. How much is that? $100,000 a month. And some got $2,000 an acre. Can you say, wow? So let me tell you a story. When all that hit, I was reminded by the Lord. He said, I spoke to you about that. And I said, when? And I was, went across the street, I'm talking to my neighbor, and we're chit-chatting. And he goes, you know, I just figured he's a Christian, and I'm a Christian. And he goes, I really had this, I just think I need to buy some land out in the country somewhere. I said, you know, I got that too. I, I need to buy some land out in the country. And, and uh, but, you know, I didn't have the wherewithal, but I, I, I quit looking. The owner of the company I worked for, he came to me, he said, man, you travel all over the place. He goes, if you find any land for sale, let me know. I just feel I need to buy some land. We all missed it. 
God's trying to bless us. The golf course in the middle of the town, they gave it away because they had two or 300 acres making $2,000 a month. They don't need to make a, have a golf course. They're going home. And they gave it to a church. The water park, gave the, they gave it to another church. They, somebody gave the water park to a church. So we don't need it anymore. We're making enough money without it. Churches, were, churches in certain areas were giving away the tithe. They had so much money coming in, they started sending tithe to other places and other peoples in other areas. And not everybody got this in Louisiana. Not everybody got it in East Texas. But God bless. So what I'm saying is, come on, it's time to hear. We, if you get an unction, you need to buy that. I can tell you story after story where somebody said, I need to buy this. The interstate came through in five years, and their property is worth millions of dollars. They put the exit right there. So gas stations want to be there. Wendy's want to be there. So-and-so want to be there. Million here, million there, million. Well, I'm not, why you, you, you listen, I'm not about all about prosperity, but I am about provision. God, the whole Bible's full that God provides. But there are times that God wants to bless you, but we gotta really, you got to really be listening. Because, you know, I can't afford that. That's the first thing that came out of his mind, that 100 acres of house. I, don't, I can't afford this, Lord. But God made a way. And God knew what he needed and knew where that church needed to be. And it's a huge church today. The next one is a still small voice. You've heard this before, but in, in 1 Kings 19, 11, and 12, sees a still small voice. Elijah is runs, run, he's running from the, uh, your favorite queen. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Jezebel. And, and uh, so he's in a cave hiding, and then he said, uh, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks. Man, that's a wind. I have been in some winds, but I've never seen the rocks broke by wind. In the places before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And look at the next verse, verse 12. And after the earthquake, fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a still, small voice. God mostly speaks in a still, small voice or in a, a leading. You know, God didn't speak to that man, turn right and go by to find this property. That'd been cool and easy to do if God spoke to you, but he wants you to be led by him and he wants you to walk in faith. Faith. Everything we do, the just shall live by faith. And your faith works by love. Not by griping and complaining, but love. And so, here it is. God has started speaking to him. And so you need to expect to hear a still, small voice. And guess what? That voice is going to come out of your spirit up to your head, and it sounds like you because it's in your head. And that's no fun either because you're like, ah. But you've got to discern if it's God or if it's the enemy. And the enemy's not going to tell you to go down and, and help Sister Martha, uh, you know, re-roof her house. The devil ain't going to tell you to do that. So you learn to discern and uh, how can I help? What can I do? And just start taking the steps towards it and start looking at it. And quit telling everybody, well, the Lord spoke to me. Well, guess what? He don't believe it. And he ain't going to encourage you. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, especially you go to some Christians. 
You hold it. Remember when Mary, the angel of the Lord, said you, the, the, the Spirit of God will come upon you and you'll become pregnant? The Bible says she pondered on all these things. She went straight to, to Martha. Martha didn't. She hit the door. Martha goes, "Woo!" Spirit of God came on her. You have the anointed one on the inside of you. His name is Jesus. And my baby left. See, that's where they were told that John the Baptist would be filled with the Spirit in his mother's womb. And that's the moment it happened. Okay? See, God, God reveals things and then he wants to bring them to pass. But you've got to, you have to play a part. God, there's some things God's wanting to bring to pass in your life. And you have to grab a hold of them. I'll take that. I'll take that. Come on, can you dream? Can you dream a little bit? Well, I tried that one time. Well, you didn't try it with God. And then you shared it with a bunch of people who were negative anyway. And God's not negative. He'll show you a better way, maybe. And he'll, here's the way, too. And I don't know about you, but I, before I came to this church, I was going this way. And I was looking to plant a church, and, and I was going to oversee it, and I was going that way, and then I, I backed up, and, and I was thinking about it. I even was picking out buildings. I went that far because it was in my mind to make a change or to grow something, but it wasn't that plan, but God put that in me to start thinking and expanding my vision and doing bigger. And then the next day, man, Pastor Glenn called me. No, I just went to see him, and we're just talking, and he goes, there's a church in Virginia. I just feel like the Spirit of God's wanting you to go up there. And I went, da, 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 I don't know. <laughs> and my boss just passed away in Louisiana, and when I sat down and told him I was coming up here to try out, he began to cry and weep because the presence of God was on him, and he said, you're gone. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He goes, no, you're gone. It's a God thing. You see, as you start following God, people you don't expect will start sharing things with you. People who even backslidden, that don't even know what you're thinking about, talk, but they'll talk to you, and there'll be confirmation. I've seen it happen. And so, so as we look at these, there's a still small voice, and then the next one is through people, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers. God will speak to you. Like in a sermon like this, God's trying to get to you and speak to you. Or he'll speak to you through somebody else that's godly. They'll share a testimony and you go, oh, I'll take a hold of that. And one of the biggest ways God leads to is by peace. Let's read the scripture right quick. Did you know in the New Testament there's 299 times it talks about peace? I think God's trying to say something. We just like, duh, okay. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. That's that busy mind I brought up. Anybody can't sleep sometimes because their mind's too big? Don't lie to me. I, I've been there. You know, what, you know what helps me? As I put my phone on the Bible and let it start talking to me. And I go right to sleep because the devil definitely don't want to hinder you when you start happening. But it brings peace. Come on, get some peace from the Spirit of God. Get some peace. And, and so, so be anxious for nothing but in everything and by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. That's a key too. 
prayer and, and, and thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. It doesn't mean that when you pray, you're going to go out going through McDonald's and get that burger and fries right then. When you pray, the peace of God comes over you that God's going to help you and God's going to take care of you. That's, that's what we've got to start believing, that God's got us. That God's going to take care of us. Well, what about inflation? What about that? What about? Well, what? A, shh. Shh. Peace. Peace. Uh, you get your glove on, catch it. I mean, that's one of we, the Holy Spirit's passing out to everybody is peace. We need peace. Well, you don't know my, uh, God does. I don't have to know. God knows. And he says, take my peace. Take my peace upon you. That's where we have got to self-evaluate. Look in our heart. What is troubling us? Have you cast your cares over on the Lord? Have you done everything to maintain your peace? If you don't have peace, I always say it. If you don't have peace, you're not in faith. And, and, and so that means you're, and James said, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Oh, Lord, I love you, but I don't know what I'm going to do. Lord, help me. I need help. Oh, Lord, I don't want to. Lord said, pick this up, but I can't pick that up. I ain't got time. It's so double-minded. It's time to get single-minded in God. Be our foundation. The Word of God be our strength. So, so as we look, we self-evaluate. Uh, we know we're in faith because of the peace of God. And uh, we respond. See, so you respond to His Word. You respond to what people have said. Maybe you heard somebody teach something or or. or uh, uh, you caught something that, you know what, that's the Word of God. I believe that. It's called trusting God. When you have peace, you're trusting God. Miss June, will you come up here just for a minute? We're supposed to be in the Spirit and live in this world at the same time. Oh, the world's, the world's uh, this and that and the other. Yeah, it is that, but we're in this world. We're not of it. And God operates in us in this world. Jesus is king of the earth. Come up here with me, please. And, and, and God owns the earth. And God can guide you and lead you. And so Miss Shun hit, hit me up a couple of weeks ago to testify. And we're going to let her testify just for a little bit. And I may ask her some questions, really put her on the spot. But that's all right. Come on, Miss June. Hi, y'all. Okay. I, 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 the Lord was talking to me on a Thursday morning a couple of weeks ago about things that have happened in mine and Gary's life since we got married. Uh, Y'all that are concerned about inflation, when Gary and I got married, inflation was running at 22%. I mean, you couldn't do anything. You, it was just horrid. And uh, we, we got to... We were in a Baptist church, and we went to Gatlinburg and saw Norval Hayes and came home knowing we couldn't be Baptist anymore, and so we, <laughs> sorry about that, people. Baptists are good people. It was a good start for us. And so we came up to the, uh, it was New Covenant Fellowship on a Saturday and drove around the parking lot and went, yeah, okay, we'll try this out. So Terry Maris was the pastor here then, and uh, he taught on all the good foundational stuff, and, of course, tithing was part of it. And Gary and I had never really thought about tithing. 
And we were just convicted that that was the right thing to do. The conviction of God is completely different from Satan coming at you and with ugly stuff and going, hey, condemnation is what that is. And so we just got convicted about what we needed to do. And uh, I got up the next Monday morning and I laid all my bills out on the table and I said, Lord, my daddy and my granddaddy taught me that you pay your lawful debts. You made the debt, it's up to you to pay it. So I said, you see where our money is. So I don't really know what I can do here. And the Lord said to me, what is in your hand? And I knew that he meant my grocery money. And I had $60 for grocery money after I paid the bills. And there were five of us at the house, two teenagers. And so it was, it was tight. We had a garden and Gary killed deer and all that good stuff. And so I said, okay. So I start putting that $6 in an envelope and giving it to the church. And then a couple of weeks maybe, I went in the grocery store where I normally shop and I walked in the door and the manager that I knew turned around and looked at me and grinned and said, wouldn't you like to come to work for me? Like now? I said, well, okay. And we set up a schedule and everything and I was able to pay tithe out of that money on Gary's paycheck and my paycheck and had more money for groceries. And we, we tithe on our gross because that's just, to us, that's the right thing to do. And so we did that for a little while. And um, things are still tight because we still were overextended when we got started in tithing. We were in a hole. And then one morning we came up here to church and there was a, I won't mention the man's name, so if you all have a problem with his ministry, this won't affect that. But there was a man, I know how that is. That's right. We're all different. So uh, we left church that morning, and on the way back down the road, I can show you a place on the interstate where we were. When I said to Gary, I said, uh, uh, we need to give your motorcycle to so-and-so. And he laughed at me. And I went, Lord, you've got me in this. So then we get home and Gary tells me, he says, the Lord told me that about two weeks ago, but I told him he had to tell you because I didn't think you'd go for it. <laughs> this, this was a nice, a nice Harley Davidson. I got pictures of it. I'll show you if anybody needs to see them. It was a nice bike. So we gave it to this guy. And after that, I saw, I saw that motorcycle in the ground with tree roots wrapped all around it and this great big oak tree growing up out of it. And the Lord says that you have planted for your future. And that's what we did. And God has been taking care of us just steadily along the way. Uh, we got a place one time where it was like, I don't know if I can pay tithes or not. And I sat down and I've got my notepad out, and I wrote down what Gary was going to bring home. And I started subtracting from it, and, it, and I ran out of money. And I went, Lord, and he said, you didn't start in the right place. So I threw that piece of paper away, and I started again, and I took our tithe off first. 
And I went through the numbers, and I had money left, and I'm, I'm good at math, and I use a calculator too, so God stretches our finances. Many, many times he has to meet the obligations that come up for us. And this is not something you just go into and I'll try this for a couple of weeks. You got to have the commitment in your heart that you know that you heard God. But I'm telling you that God is faithful. God mm -hmm. is faithful. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, so I'm going to ask her some questions. All I knew she was going to talk about tithing, and I said, well, and I said, this is where the question is going to come from. Did your mind ever tell you it ain't going to work? Repeatedly. <laughs> Repeatedly. And so, you know what? The same thing you hear, she heard, but she obeyed, and God has taken care of them ever since. Even, even, even when they came back to here, man, they prayed, and they were in a bind, and they had given somebody something, and somebody gave them all their money back. Thousands. That's how they bless somebody. Anyway, thank you, Miss June. Y'all give her a hand clap. So, which moves us, you know, to hear God's voice in his word, and then it'll be obedient. James again says that we have to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. Because you can hear it and go, yeah, but you never do it. And so, we have to do it. And so, so let's go to number three. Our mind's the battlefield. When God tells you something, you're always going to go, is that you, Lord? Is that you, Lord? Oh, I don't know if that's the Lord or not. And, and if you re really read the Bible, Moses had that complex. Elijah had that complex. Elisha had that complex. David even had that complex. Lord, is that you? Is that, is that really you? And God gave them signs, and God gave them confirmation. God speaks through confirmation. One time, David, do we need to go to the battle? And the Lord, the, the wind started blowing in the trees above him, and there was no wind blowing. And the Lord, you know, that was the God sign, take the, take the field. You just got to read the whole story. But God shows, shows up, and comp he confirms his word with signs following. If you go, Lord, show me, teach me, guide me, and he'll put people in your path that'll testify. He'll put somebody in your heart, and, and you'll talk to them, and they'll share something with you. And they'll speak into your heart, not even knowing that you had the question. That's why I say, if you think God's leading you, don't tell anybody and let God confirm it. And they'll say, there's no way they knew that except but God. But God. That way, it takes all the doubt out of it, and now you know to run. Now you know to follow God. You know you can write, write it down. And she said she wrote it down. That's the key. to write, Start writing some things down. Where do you want to go? Write it down. Go back and look at it. Why do you have pictures of your kids on the wall? Because you want to look at it. I remember when they were that little. Look how old how cute they are. It's a reminder. You write things down to remind you what God has done and what God's going to do. Write down what God's done. I'm still here and breathing. There's been times that I'm a little boy. But I'm still here. Remember what God has done, and then write down what you think he wants you to do, and start walking towards it, and then let God guide you, because he may have a better way. So our mind's about Romans 8, 7, because the carnal mind is an en enemy to God, and cannot be subject to the law of God, neither can be. That's why the Bible says again in Romans 12, 2, that we have to renew our mind, because our thinking I mean, if you were raised by negative people, you're negative. 
If you're raised by people who grow up and complain, you have got to get God to reveal to you what you need to change. And the best way to change your mind is put God's Word in your mouth. I'm a child of God. I'm an overcomer. I don't care what it looks like. He has made me more than a conqueror. All those are scriptures. I got scriptures to back them. We even conquered death, hell and the grave, because Jesus did. And so we put the Word of God in our mouth. It changes our mind, and it changes our thought process, and it changes our attitude. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you got that on a wall in your house. Most people do. But the thing about it is, I can do all things. Can you? When it comes to that you've got to do it, you're going to fast and pray, you're going to fall apart. It's time to fast and pray. It's time to change our thinking, change our mind on it. That's where the, the battle's fought. I want to go back to John 10. We started off with John 10. Jesus said, my sheep, hear my voice, they follow me. Remember that? We started off with John 10. John 10's a great chapter, one of my favorites. And uh, we're going to start in verse 3. And it says, to him the, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his sheep by his name, and he leads them out. You know, they put all this, everybody's sheep were in the same corral. The shepherd called his sheep, and his sheep came out, and the rest of them stayed. You have a right to hear God's voice. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Verse, and it's going to drop down to verse 10. For time's sake, the thief does not come except to steal to kill and to destroy. And that's the devil's the thief. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and may have it more abundantly. I, I, it ain't about money. It's about health. It's about peace. It's about joy. It's about your marriage. It's about your kids raising them life. Abundant life is about raising your kids godly. But hear me. You can't have that abundant life unless you're hearing God. You got to start hearing Jesus because I, I don't know what to do with that kid. You may have one like that, Amen. but God does. God does. And God may guide you and lead you in a different way. Sometimes it's to take up a stick, but sometimes it's a, a different way to handle it. But God, come on, that's, this is real life. Miss June testified, it's real life. She got bills to pay, but I'm supposed to tithe. It's making God your partner. Everybody needs God, their partner, and money. But I need God as my partner in raising kids, adult kids now I'm dealing with. I can't tell them what to do anymore. You're a knucklehead, and I taught you better than that. That don't work. I already tried that, so I'm just telling you. You got to pray over your adult kids. You think it's over. I always said, man, I, I said, man, I'm so tired of diapers and bottles. And then they all started driving. I said, Lord, give me diapers and bottles again. Lord, they're driving here and there, and I don't know what, you know, and one of them calls, I, I'm just going in a circle, and I can't get out of this off the interstate. And I'm like, how did we even give you a license, you know? Hey, you got to deal with life, but the Word of God is applicable. You can apply it to everyday life. And if you're not getting that, and God will speak to you about everyday life. He knows your stresses. He knows your concerns. He knows your sickness. He knows your health. He knows your spouse. He knows your kids. And he knows how to reach them. And sometimes it's not you that can reach them. Sometimes you're supposed to be praying for the harvesters to reach your kids. 
Come harvesters, come, Lord. Put them in front of somebody that they'll respect and let them teach them the Word of God. Come on, there's all different ways. You know, we say, we got to do it this way. No, you don't. We're going to do it God's way. Not the way you think. Ask God, am I thinking correctly? Do I need to change my thinking? That's what that inward focus is. Remember I said, we've got to have that look at ourselves. Be real. What do I need to change? I heard somebody say, well, I'm good. I'm perfect. No, you're not. No. But... God works through imperfect people. And he loves them. He loves you. So I want to remind you, God never contradicts his word. The Bible is the basis. He's not going to contradict his word. Stand on the word. Come on. If a prophecy has got to line up with the word, the voice of the Holy Spirit, what makes the word come alive, though, it's a balance. It activates the word. But here's what I want to ask you. What is the Holy Spirit asking you today? What is he speaking to you about? Would you close your eyes for a minute and look at your heart and ask, what is the Holy Spirit? I'm asking, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about today? I want you to to look at your heart. What I said was self-evaluate. So, if you're in the room today and you have never prayed and asked Jesus to come into your life, Romans 10, 9, and 10, if you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, that's how you get saved. And if you've never prayed the prayer of salvation, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, maybe you've been in church your whole life. Maybe you went through the motions. But are you ready? Is Jesus Lord? You don't have to get saved every Sunday. For those that, that maybe not living with God, maybe they, you know what, I just need to get closer to God. We're going to all pray that. I'm asking for the first time you've never accepted Jesus as Lord. Would you lift your hand today? Let us recognize you, pray over you. God sees you and knows you. You've never accepted Jesus as Lord. I don't see any hands, so let's move forward. So you're in the house today. You either never accepted him and don't want to, but maybe you've accepted Jesus. And you know what? We're going to pray a prayer together, and let's pray that we hear God's voice. Amen? So pray this with me. Say, Father, I'm willing to hear your voice. Show me your ways. And show me where my ways different or differ, huh? So, so Lord, say, Lord, you're my strength. You're my shield. Speak to my heart. Guide me into your truth. Help me with this life to be an overcomer. Help me with my fears. Strengthen me. Give me, Lord, strength in my inner man that I can live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.